0: Because the reason that we don't feel good is generally because of our diet and Mm, lifestyle. mm -hmm. So until we change those things, we won't, Mm -hmm. you know, our, our problem won't be solved and we'll still experience whatever that imbalance is. Yeah.
1: Hello and welcome to Mother the Mother. I am McLean McGowan. This podcast is an offering for all women to gather energetically, sister to sister, mother to mother, to co-create a sacred space for healing, educating, and sharing as we journey through motherhood and womanhood. It is such an incredibly powerful moment in time to be a woman, and I thank you for showing up on behalf of yourself and for all of the women in your lives, past, present, and future, to honor our matriarchal lines, all who came before, and all who will come after. Jema. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in today on the Mother the Mother podcast. This is your host, McLean McGowan. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of this movement of supporting one another, sister to sister and mother to mother, because it truly does take a village for all of us. And I appreciate your support so much. I wouldn't be doing this without any of you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. A couple of things. I wanted to announce that I am part of a one-day retreat style event here in Los Angeles. It's called Ceremony Wellness Live. And for those of you that follow my dear friend, Kelly Tennant and Ceremony Wellness, she is hosting this event. It's going to be a beautiful and very educational day at a private home. This incredible... Moroccan mansion with all different sorts of experts in the field of health, wellness, different doctors. Uh, Dr. Lekos, world renowned functional medicine doctor, who's a really big deal. Uh, Marta Sofer, world renowned Ayurvedic doctor, who many of you in LA know, uh, with Surya Spa, different podcasters, functional movement coach, spiritual healers. It's going to be a really interesting day. So, if you feel like joining, you can find more information on Instagram. I'll be posting it in the weeks to follow. The day pass is $157. It's an all-day event, catered, beautiful food. And it's really going to be like a retreat. It's just going to be up away from the city and the hills at this gorgeous place. And uh, I'm, I just can't wait. I'm really, really looking forward to it. There'll be live music, cupping, acupuncture, cryofacials, bodywork, chiropractic, as well as movement and energy work. So again, that's Ceremony Wellness Live. That's October 5th, all day event. And you can find more information either on Kelly's page, Ceremony Wellness at Ceremony Wellness on Instagram or follow me on Instagram at Mother the Mother and there'll be more information on that as well. Uh, Also in other news, as I'm starting to put out there, I am officially now... Uh, Accepting clients for motherhood coaching, which I'm so excited about. It feels like the next progression to the postpartum doula work, holding space for women as they grow and move through the motherhood journey. And um, it's something that's organically been occurring as clients circle back with me. uh, I stay close with the majority of my clients. And what keeps coming back is like six months down the line, a year down the line, two years down the line. There's a place once they come out of that haze of baby newbornhood of really re-examining their lives and taking stock where their priorities have shifted and needing some guidance and some advice and some experience and education. So I'm really looking forward to offering that. So please reach out if you have any questions or if you would like to line up some coaching. And you can email me mclean at motherthemother.com. That's M-C-L-E-A-N at motherthemother.com. And we will do that over Zoom or Skype. So wherever you live in this world, we can have sessions together. So reach out and we can discuss the best kind of plan for you. I am really excited for today's interview with my friend, Julie Bernier. She is an Ayurvedic practitioner and is super awesome. I go to her personally personally for Abhyanga and Ayurvedic help. And I've known her for a couple of years now. And I did my Abhyanga oil treatment training with her that I use every day with my clients. So I'm eternally grateful to her. And really something I love about her is she's um, very approachable, very warm. She just feels like one of us, you know, like one of the girls, very calming and very knowledgeable about Ayurveda. So she has been a help through my journey and. I look forward to diving back in now that I've slowed down a bit and we're back in the school schedule and fall I'm looking forward to um reexamining some healing through ayurveda. So I hope you enjoy the listen and always feel free to dm or email me with any questions or desires for topics for podcast. I am here. We're co-creating this together and I always want this to be a relevant pertinent Place for you to get real education in real time, sister to sister, mother to mother, because we truly are in this together. And I can't do it alone, and you can't do it alone, and nor should we. So much love to all of you. We're rising up together always and all the ways, and um, sending you love. J Ma. Hi,
0: Julie. Hi, McLean.
1: So happy you're here.
0: Thanks. I'm happy to be here.
1: Sitting on the floor, drinking your tea, looking all beautiful and glowy as usual. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So you're an Ayurvedic practitioner. Yes, ma'am. And how do you, like, tell me about yourself. How do you work? What brought you into this work?
0: So the very honest story about how I came to this work, it's, It's a little wrong. (laughs) (laughs) It's all right. I don't share this story that much, but I've been sharing it more because I think it's Mm. kind of important to not judge myself around it and Mm -hmm. maybe to create non-judgment in in other people's We all need a lot more of
1: that, so bring it on. Yeah,
0: so when I was in college, I had a, a super lovely, very hippie roommate and she told me, you have to come to this guy's yoga class with me. He's so... Sexy. <laughs> and I had never done yoga before. And I went for that purpose, mm-hmm. solely for that purpose. Mm-hmm. And he was- You're a not super alone, hot...
1: by the way. <laughs> I
0: know. He was a super hot yoga teacher and all of the students were female and he was, you know, he was inappropriate. He, he mm-hmm. would stretch everyone out, but mm-hmm. we liked it and I was young and dumb. Mm-hmm. And- um, I continued to go to his classes for a while and then I just fell in love with yoga and I Mm -hmm. stopped going to him and Mm -hmm. started going to, you know, yoga works and Mm -hmm. with awesome teachers and fell in love with yoga. Was this in LA? This was in LA. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, for years I was doing yoga to, you know, be fit and Mm -hmm. as my exercise. And then there was sort of an inclination toward the spiritual aspect, which I hadn't been taught. And looking back, mm. that is so weird. Like it had mm-hmm. never come up in the hundreds of yoga classes I did mm. that it was a spiritual practice. That's so weird. No one was talking about mm. it. Or I wasn't listening. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that could be. But I I felt like something something's happening and I'm sure there's more to this. And I had been to India and... Decided I wanted to do my training, my yoga teacher training, in India, on another trip. So went there, did that. I had such a an incredible, kind of eye opening, mind opening, consciousness expanding experience mm-hmm. in that training. And we also learned a little bit of Ayurveda and. Prior to that, I had sort of heard about Ayurveda somewhere. I really don't remember where, like what context, what it was. But when that that concept came, I felt like whatever that is, like I need to I need mm, to study that. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting to me. That really resonates. Like, what is that thing? So we did a bit of Ayurveda in the teacher training, and I really felt um, called to study more and learn more about it. Like that was my path mm-hmm. and I haven't deviated from that ever since. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the beginning of the Ayurveda path. And I'm pretty much always in school doing some kind of training. That's I go to amazing. India every year to study. So And how yeah, long ago was that? That was seven years ago.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So I I came to the path in a sort of inappropriate way. Sorry. <laughs> <That's all right. laughs> But yeah, I'm so happy with where it brought Mm -hmm. me in the end and I love what I do and I love being able to help people through Ayurveda and I feel like it's everyone's birthright to have that wisdom in their life and that, you know, the access to that kind of self-care, like understanding how you need to take care of your body and, Mm -hmm. and what you need to do to stay healthy and not... As an obsession for perfect health or perfect body, but to sort of provide a real literal frame, like a physical frame, Mm -hmm. a mental frame to be able to do all of the higher things in life, Mm -hmm. like our, our Dharma, our life's purpose to be able to make the money we need to have a Mm -hmm. home and buy food and, um, you know, support our family. And then finally to work on our our growth and Mm
1: -hmm.
0: our consciousness. And yeah. Yeah.
1: I think that's what I love the most about it. I know some, I don't know a ton about it, but it really is looking at it as a way to keep your vessel strong, you know, so you can do all the things. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're so like cut up in these different little boxes in our society, you know, that exercise has to be this like damaging, like so hardcore, you know, and like, that's not good either. I mean, maybe spurts of that are good, but just, I mean, you see women that just are such massive exercises every day and they look so, their faces, they just look like drawn and unhappy, you Mm. know? And like when you see Ayurveda people, they just look like glowy and happy and like healthy, Mm. you know, because it's all the parts.
0: Right. Right.
1: And the food of just not like, this food is good. This food is bad. And it's for so many uh, so many of us women, I feel like it's like a very deep, deep rut that we get into. Like I definitely, my go-to oftentimes is I want to like demonize certain food groups, you know, and that is a hard kind of habit to get out of. But I love that Ayurveda is like nothing's really off the table. Mm-hmm. It's just eating it in the right ways for the right things and whatever you're going through. Yeah, totally. Other things are better than other things.
0: right. Right something that I love about hanging out with Ayurveda people is that if we're going to go get dinner, we'll like go get pizza Wow! (laughs) because we understand. Um, and I'm talking about, you know, fellow practitioners, Mm -hmm. um, some very close friends. We, we know like when it's okay for our bodies Mm -hmm. and that it's not going to so throw everything off track and Mm -hmm. there's not this super obsession. Ayurveda is all like the the middle path. Yeah, Yeah. The middle way. Not extreme in either direction, yeah. And that's that's so important. And we also live in a place where everything is extreme, yeah, in either direction. Yeah, LA is so tough, like that. Wellness world is so extreme, and that veers in another unhealthy mm-hmm. direction to be so obsessed about food totally. and exercise and all the things you just mentioned. Yeah. Ayurveda is really refreshing because it's like, you know, teaching us that that's also not going to support right. our body or our mind.
1: And also you don't want to look back on your life and just realize that kind of everything around your life was surrounding food. Like, yeah, totally. What a fucking boring life. Or health. I mean, or health. I mean yeah. you know, I see like I when I first moved to LA, I was really into raw food and that raw food movement. It was very alternative and very new, but it's like you, if you're really going to live that lifestyle, there's so much prep work, unless you're just eating like fruit and like in their form. But if you're trying to make the nicer, fancier things, it's it's just a huge time suck. And then wherever you go, knowing that there's food that you can eat and it just becomes this like obsessive thing. And um, anyway, that's why I really do like Ayurveda. And I do want to dip back into it more, especially as it becomes fall and winter. Cause yeah, totally. I love the soups and stews. Like I could just live on that anyway. So it kind of feels like a good time to, to recommit.
0: Yeah, it's like a cozy, yeah,
1: cozy and the body feeling your and all of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it is simple. And uh, the other thing I love about it too is the DIY aspect of it, you know, mm. and the things I've learned with you too. It's like it's not complicated in the way that. And I want to hear more about your the way you show up for your work, but as what I've learned from you too and doing the Abiyanga and the postpartum care. Like it's not complicated things, you know, right. postpartum Abianga. It's not complicated. It's very simple. It's
0: like, like there's a lot of bang for your buck. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And it's all about basics. Yeah.
1: Basics. That's the word (laughs) I was looking for. Yeah. It's like the simple things that are very grounded, but the implementation can be like, we get so much involved in our head that things need to be more complicated than they are to be like working in quotation marks.
0: Right. Right. And a lot of it is so simple and quick. Mm -hmm. And that's the most impactful, the most impactful things. Like For example, there's this concept of the 13 natural urges that we shouldn't hold. Mm. And if we hold those urges, they can create a lot of problems in our body. So I'm speaking about urinating, defecating, Mm -hmm. passing gas, burping, yawning, coughing, crying, sneezing, sleeping, eating, like those super basics. Mm. When you feel that urge, Mm -hmm. you honor it. So if you feel like you have to pee, Mm -hmm. then you need to go pee. And that's Ayurvedic Mm self-care. So I know that that phrase is so charged right now. And I use it all the time because I feel like it's conveying what I'm talking about properly, but maybe it's really not. You know, like self-care and Ayurvedas. Like, I'm pro self-care. <laughs> I, I've talked about this thing,
1: the terminology, but I think it's a positive thing.
0: I think it is too. I think like it's
1: self-love yeah. and it's become this marketing tool, but whatever, we don't have to worry about that. Right, right. It is taking care of yourself.
0: Right. And that doesn't have to be something so grand and expensive Mm-mm. and time-consuming. No. It's like scraping your tongue, which takes yeah. 10 seconds or... Yeah, peeing if you have to pee or
1: eating when you're hungry, you know? That's a huge one. I mean, honestly, if think about all you women listening. Like if you just ate when you're hungry and didn't eat when you're not hungry. Like that in and of itself is revolutionary to a lot of us.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's wild. I know. And ideally, you fall into a pattern of eating around the same time Mm -hmm. every day. So when you're in a rhythm, then your body starts to expect food at a certain time and you start to feel hungry at a certain time. Mm-hmm. So in in that like we don't, you know, we still don't want to eat whenever because eating whenever can be very disruptive for mm-hmm. your body. Mm-hmm. But once you start aligning your body with circadian rhythms and setting sort of a general time frame for breakfast, lunch and dinner if possible, then Your body is secreting digestive enzymes Mm. when it's time to eat. You better digest. You feel satiated with food when you're supposed to feel satiated. And then, you know, again, you're hungry for the next meal when it's that time. Mm -hmm. So that, yeah, it's it's not like, what do I want to say? Following those bodily urges that come at the right time when we're living sort of in a proper rhythm, yeah. If that makes sense, Ayurveda is really all about rhythm mm-hmm. and the rhythm of the sun and light and darkness and the moon and the seasons and and nature right. and aligning our body to nature.
1: That's all with nature.
0: All you with hear nature. The
1: Birds chirping. Yeah. Can you explain a little bit that just brought to mind the the times of the day that are the different doshas and kind of how that affects our energy?
0: Yeah. So there are three. Doshas, three vital energies, and they're not something that you can see under a microscope, but we know that they exist because they each carry certain qualities and we Mm -hmm. recognize them based on their qualities. So these doshas, Vata, Pitta, and Kapha, they have two periods in the day when each of them are dominant Mm. and they're dominant in nature. And because we're a microcosm, connected to the macrocosm that means that when that dosha is dominant in nature it has some sort of effect on our body Mm. we're affected by it Mm -hmm. so we have vata dosha which is this union of the air and space elements and vata dosha is very much like a butterfly it's really light Mm. it's really airy it's really mobile one moment it's on one flower and then it Mm -hmm. flits to another flower Mm -hmm. like it's kind of erratic
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Then there's pitta dosha, which is fire and water. And pitta is, I like to compare it to a tiger. Mm. Really fiery, kind of aggressive. Um, a tiger has those fiery eyes mm. and that you know, fiery colored fur, all these expressions of heat and that fiery energy. And then there's kapha dosha, which is uh, the union of earth and water. So, when you mix earth and water, you get mud. And kapha is a lot mm. like mud. Like, if you hold mud in your mm. hand, it's mm-hmm. slow to drop. It's mm-hmm. cold, it's soft. And I like to compare it to an elephant. An elephant's like this heavy, kind of sluggish, dense animal. And kapha carries all of those energies. Mm. So, the doshas are in nature, like, I'm wearing my dosha goggles in every moment and recognizing Vata pitta, mm-hmm. you can understand that they're out there and then how they're affecting your body as well. And um, in this Ayurvedic clock, each dosha has a period of four hours where it's dominant. So in the morning, kapha is dominant between 6am and 10am. And kapha is that elephant energy. Mm-hmm. So there's more of like a sluggish, cold, heavy energy in that morning period and then between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. middle of the day pitta is dominant and there's more of like a fiery aggressive energy that's when Mm -hmm. we feel we feel motivated to do things Mm -hmm. and to work and that's when the sun is highest in the sky and it's the hottest time Mm -hmm. of day all very pitta and then at 2 p.m. 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. vata energy is dominant and vata Mm -hmm. is that Butterfly energy—it's kind of like really light, airy, mobile. And here in LA, at two p.m., you can see like the wind picks up, Mm. and then around six p.m., the wind dies down. Mm. That's all that vata. And then, oh, I think did I miss some?
1: No, but then it just repeats, right? Because I get the cough again, six to ten.
0: Yeah, I went a.m. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So 6 Mm p.m. to 10 p.m. is kapha. And again, the energy becomes kind of weighted and we feel sort of tired. We feel a little more heavy. Mm -hmm. We feel sluggish. We don't feel motivated to do tons of things. And then pitta is again active in that middle of the night period when ideally we're asleep. Mm -hmm because the body is going through a lot of detoxification at that time. Mm. The liver, which is a pitta organ, is really active. Mm -hmm. So if we're up in that window, we deprive our body of that really important detox time. Mm. And then around 2 a.m., again, we have vata. So ideally we're sleeping into that window and then we're awake towards the end of that vata window, which is by 6 a.m.
1: That's so interesting. I mean, I'm just like, do, 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 do in my right, brain, right. like putting it, filling it all in, because it's so true. If I do not go to sleep before 10 p.m., I wake back up. That's yes. always been the way. Then I'm
0: like up till two. Yes, that's the pit. Yeah, yeah. And then of
1: course I have to wake up because I have children, you mm-hmm. know, early. So yeah, that's so interesting.
0: It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody feels it in their their Is that body. Just crazy to walk around in the world like
1: knowing all of this. You must see so much dysfunction amongst so many people.
0: I mean. I guess. I, I think I've kind of started to turn it off a little more mm-hmm. where I'm not, you know, I'm not like looking at people. Oh, and Don't eat that. <laughs> it's not right uh, for you. Sometimes <laughs> that thought does go through my mind for sure. But I've gotten better. You know, when I was first learning, it was like... Yeah, everything. So Everything. Yeah. Everything Ayurveda. And now I've learned to kind of tone it down a yeah, little bit. and save turn it, for it your clients. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> and so that must be... I mean, just when you're talking, it feels like that's... One of the biggest, uh, I don't want to say hurdles, but in the beginning working with someone of just reworking people's habits and their patterns. Because we get so just attuned to that habit of like always waking up at this time or not eating at this time and always eating at this other time. And then if it's out of rhythm, do you have to really help people restructure
0: Yes, then they have to be ready. Yeah. You know, they have to want to make a change yeah. or whatever they're experiencing has to be bad enough that yeah. they're willing to do whatever right. is needed because the reason that we don't feel good is generally because of our diet and mm-hmm. lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So until we change those things, we won't, mm-hmm. you know, our, our problem won't be solved and we'll still experience whatever that imbalance is. Yeah. So education is really important and explaining, mm-hmm. you know, why. I love explaining that concept of the dosha clock because... Everybody feels like, oh yeah, I get that. Yeah. And you can do whatever you want with it. You know, you can follow it or not. But right. once you have the knowledge, you there's this concept of Pragna prada where we, like when you know something is right for you and you go against it, it mm-hmm. has a bigger impact, a bigger totally. negative impact on you. So it's a good thing to have that knowledge and awareness. And then, yeah, when people are ready or willing or desperate enough, then they're like, okay, yeah, now I'm going to do this.
1: And it's that's such an interesting point too, because I've heard a lot of different, you know, quote unquote wellness experts. It's almost like when you get in your real flow of your life and and service and helping others, it's it's like you can't go back to your old habits without really feeling it, mm. you know, like even if I just really wanted to eat something so crappy, which I really, I mean, I, I eat sweets every day, like healthier ones, but I could never eat just like junk because I would feel it so deeply, Totally, you know, and yeah. even sometimes if you want to, or like you just are craving that cigarette or a joint or whatever it is, or that extra glass of wine, or it's just like the cleaner you get and the more in flow with your natural rhythm, those things that you, they just don't work anymore. Yeah. You're more sensitive. And you have to be ready for that. Because like sometimes it sucks. You, you just want to like numb out sometimes. It but, does.
0: Yeah. I was thinking about that on my yeah. way over here. Actually, Like, <laughs> You know, doing what I do, I sort of have to be, mm-hmm. have to be healthy. Mm-hmm. And that's a blessing, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, I have totally. to really work on my health. I can't slack off because yeah. I, I need to be healthy enough to help other people with their health. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes there's like a, oh, man, you know, yeah, I know. I'd love that extra glass of wine or yeah, whatever, just to stay up late. but. But I also know that wouldn't feel good. Mm-hmm. And I, I probably wouldn't really want to do that in the moment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's just like
1: that kind of like rebellion piece. I'm right.
0: Right. Right. Totally. Okay. So
1: you did your training and then how, because I know you have your private practice and is that with people in general, is it mostly women? What kind of women? What does that look like for you right now?
0: Yeah. So it's mostly women and generally I'm, I feel like I'm seeing sort of like the modern LA woman. Mm-hmm. She's coming with anxiety. She's coming with menstrual issues, skin issues, and digestive issues. Mm-hmm. And then I also see women who are trying to get pregnant, pregnant, or I also, I, I support women in the postpartum period. Mm-hmm. So I do see a few men, but the people who seem to be called to Ayurveda are definitely predominantly female and you know being a woman i feel really called to help mm-hmm. them and and i've had my own issues with menstrual cycle mm. stuff and and female issues so i love helping women That's with amazing. that yeah so they're predominantly coming for consultations and in a consultation i'll really try to understand on a very deep level what's happening in their body in terms of those doshas vata pitta, kapha mm-hmm. and figure out what sort of the most impactful things for them to start with. And then we work over a period of time to try to bring the body back mm-hmm. into balance. Mm-hmm. So Ayurveda is really like a, it's not a quick fix. Yeah. But it's program. a lasting. Yeah. It's like a lifelong and you've, I forgot the the exact
1: examples you gave, but you've really helped women reestablish their menstrual cycles. Haven't you? I mean, that's like yeah, one of the
0: things. Yeah. It's such a, It's such a big thing. It's sort of like a big indicator of our health, Mm -hmm. how our menstrual cycle is. And also really interesting, our menstrual cycle each month is sort of like a report card for Mm -hmm. that particular month. So if you have a really painful, terrible cycle and you look back on what happened that month, there's usually something that was really trying, like maybe travel or a lot of stress or overworking and, and that connection is, you know, pretty mm. apparent.
1: Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I have to look at that. I mean, I do really feel like my menstrual cycle each month, even if it still is somewhat of like, Ugh. I mean, it's generally a positive thing for me. It's, I've reframed that a lot, but it does make you, me really feel like, okay, everything's working right. You know, it, it does feel like a big indication of health. Yeah, totally. Woman.
0: I love getting my cycle.
1: Yeah. I'm not at love yet, but I, I do appreciate it.
0: Yeah. I well, will that's, say that. I mean, I don't know that yeah. you have to love it, but I think, yeah, for me, it's It would just... be nice to love it. But. <laughs> it feels like a mini detox. Yeah, you know it and, does. And I always feel quite energized after, not during, but definitely yeah. after. The first two days, I feel really laid out. Yeah. And so with Ayurveda,
1: you're really supposed to let everything flow, right? So yeah. ideally, no tampons, using a pad, yeah. ideally. ideally. What about the cup? Kind of cup the is also not letting yeah. anything not letting flow. flow
0: yeah yeah. so that you want it to flow because there's a, a vata energy called the panavata mm-hmm. it's a downward form of vata and we don't want to obstruct vata so for example if you feel like you need to pass gas and you hold it in mm-hmm. that's like a downward energy that needs to come mm-hmm. out but instead it's trapped yeah and it will cause problems in the body so even the the menstrual blood wants mm-hmm. to come out and the cup is, you know, it's great, it's environmentally friendly, but from a, a bodily perspective, it's not really letting, yeah, letting the body do what it's trying to do, which is to get something out. Right. So ideally, pad or thinks. Right. I think thinks are. Is that what you do? I do, yeah. I've been wanting to get the reusable pads. Have you ever tried those? I you can
1: wash them. I'm gonna try to do that.
0: No. Let me know. Because I you only like do them. pads now.
1: I mean, I'll do, I mean, this is maybe TMI, but I will do tampons like if I'm working and I really just don't want a huge pad. Sure, Especially yeah. if it, like it's really heavy flow. Totally. But I've definitely, since you told me that, really connected to just using pads. Especially after having my second baby, like it feels just not... Natural to put a tampon in. I don't know why.
0: But. Yeah, I yeah yeah, I feel that too. After switching, I mean, I used tampons mm-hmm. my whole life, and then yeah. a few years ago I switched, and now it feels like oh, that's not yeah yeah, something's not quite right. Totally. Good in emergencies or are yeah. swimming or whatever. Yeah, but.
1: yeah, but it really does feel different. So it thank does. you. Yeah,
0: sure. <laughs> <laughs> my pleasure. My uterus, thank you. <laughs> okay, so you do a lot with fertility. I do. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do. It is really challenging for a lot of women Mm -hmm. to get pregnant right now. and Is that with young women and older? Definitely. I would say everybody. Everybody. And that's always surprising too when it's young women. It's depressing. It is depressing. Yeah. It's frightening. I think a lot of it has to do with our very overall imbalanced lifestyles. And another thing is just staying awake at night. Like we have to be asleep at night because... That melatonin is connected to our menstrual cycles mm-hmm. and that kind of throws everything off and realigning the body with those, you know, that flow of nature mm-hmm. and just the simple stuff, diet and lifestyle. Those are really important for fertility because our, our it's called our shukra, our reproductive mm-hmm. tissue. It sort of like comes from a line of all the other body tissues So we want to make sure that all of our body tissues are healthy because they in turn feed into Mm -hmm. our shukra, our Mm -hmm. reproductive tissue. So everything that we do will kind of play into our fertility Mm -hmm. in a long chain. Yeah.
1: Yeah. On the flip side of that, according to Ayurveda, are there any better than other birth control practices? Uh, I would assume like not the pill.
0: Yeah, not the pill. This is a really tricky one. I don't think that there's an amazing form of, of birth yeah. control. Well, there's not. I mean <laughs> just across the
1: board. <laughs> right. Because women just have to do it all.
0: Right. But obviously non-hormonal. It's a the right. The rhythm method, you know. Yeah. Really understanding your cycle. The daisy is a mm-hmm. nice one. So that yeah, you people know like when you are fertile. Yeah. Something like that. You know, a, a fertility thermometer condoms, barrier methods. Yeah. But again, I think it depends where, you know, where a woman is at and what it would mean if she were to get pregnant. Totally. such a difficult... It's such
1: a different thing. Gosh,
0: yeah. And then as far as dudes, which, I mean,
1: honestly, don't really care so much about them (laughs) in the reproductive cycle because women generally have to do all of it. But for them, is that kind of not a great Ayurvedic thing to use a condom? I mean, I do not want this to be an excuse that they can now use, but like as far as like the flowage of
0: that's really interesting. You know, I actually never thought of it that way. I I think it's okay because it is withholding an urge to not ejaculate. Mm -hmm. But with a condom, you know, it's just there's like a right, there's a barrier, but it's not really withholding that urge.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah. So go
0: condoms. Yeah, go condoms. (laughs) And with the the fertility in Ayurveda, there's a really beautiful process of preparing the body for pregnancy. Mm. So that's Panchakarma. That's Ayurvedic detox. And, you know, ideally both the woman and the man are doing that. Mm. So they go through this detox process. I love that. Yeah. So that both of their bodies are uh, clear of toxins and, you know, in the healthiest state that they can be before they actually try to get pregnant. So I I tend to see more women who are pregnant and are having really challenging pregnancies, but ideally they're coming before they're pregnant right. to get know, their body ready. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the ideal situation.
1: I'm seeing a honeymoon package like, <laughs> right?
0: How awesome that would be just to that really would commit. Be awesome. Like, yeah, put that
1: in your registry.
0: Yeah, totally. Private
1: package for both of you.
0: Right. And there are couples who do it and yeah. and it's awesome.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. We didn't really do that, but we did. I mean, I was doing so much like green juices and soups. I mean, it's probably not the best in Ayurveda, but I felt very clean and healthy. And then we were doing lots of vitamins, both of us. And that's then it got, I mean, we didn't even like quote unquote try, it just happened. But I do think the more that you can do before is so key. Because you never know your pregnancy, how you're going to feel. Like my whole first pregnancy with Jemima, I was pretty much very ill for seven months. So I couldn't do most of the things I normally did.
0: Yeah. And that being said, even if you do all the right things, you still might not feel great during your pregnancy. Yeah, there's so many variables. Yeah, so many variables. But always good to do, I think, you know, the best we can can do. Yeah, you do what you can.
1: Yeah. Set yourself up for success, and then you deal with what is
0: right. And, you and to, you're yeah. you're setting yourself up for a healthy pregnancy and a healthy baby, and
1: totally coming
0: into it very consciously. Also, yeah. and and you know, recognizing that you're bringing a another soul into the world, yeah, and having it being a very conscious process. And I think that's another piece of you know,
1: conscious fertility or conscious pregnancy is really you know, looking at what. What kind of body does a soul want to come into? Like, does a soul want to come into like a crazy stressed out body and mom, you know, that's like living on Diet Coke and like a workaholic and not sleeping, you know, like looking at those things Mm -hmm. because I think it all matters because I really believe souls drop in. I mean, not always, obviously, but the more that we can do to really prime the home for them and be as healthy as we can in body, mind and spirit. And then you're just opening yourself up. I think that much more yeah. to receive.
0: Yeah, definitely. I never thought of it that way. I mean, that's it, it does tie into karma too. Yeah, and and the you know we're each put into a certain body for a particular reason. Totally. I'm in my body for this reason. You're in your body right. for that reason, and we have certain capacities when we live in this particular body.
1: Yeah,
0: and we can fulfill our our dharma in our particular mm-hmm. body. It's very. Very interesting to think about. Is. Everything is so, you know, there for a reason. And and it's so key, especially, you know,
1: before we start recording, there's just so much going on in the world right now. And it's such an overload of causes and, you know, things to be involved with and worried about. And I mean, it's a very full-on moment to be alive as a human right now on this earth. And just to be able to kind of zoom out and just know karmically, or at least this is what I believe, like I'm here now for a reason. So not to just be doom and gloom about everything on those days where I am feeling a lot, which in the past couple of days I have been feeling a lot. And just knowing like, I'm here for a reason. And so fulfilling my Dharma, my work, the best way that I can is what it's all about. Yeah. You know, and that's for all of us. And I think we get, I don't know if it's just LA, I don't see it as much when I go outside of LA, but it's just like this massive amount of control we try to put on our lives to, it's almost like sometimes we know too much of like, Mm. this is the perfect diet and this is like the perfect wellness thing and this is the perfect, you know, formula I need to be doing and the perfect class and it just, it's all so much pressure. And we really don't know anything. We don't know anything. (laughs) I mean, let's just admit yeah. that <laughs> we're all making it up every day, right?
0: Right. Which, if I can go back to Ayurveda for yes, a moment, please it's do. Great. Back. <laughs> <laughs> because actually, this is why it's so important. I mean, it's so old; it's okay. over five thousand years old, and it's like a it's like a thing we can rely on that someone didn't amazing. just make up recently, right? And it's not coming purely from you know medical research that right. may be debunked in a few years. It's like time tested coming from consciousness time-tested. really yeah thousands and, of years yeah thousands yeah. of years and it tells us exactly what to do and what not to do to be healthy and and those are the things that i personally like that resonates with me
1: yeah
0: um something that's time tested something that's ancient something that's based on nature it's based yeah. on natural laws rather than based on like you know what science just discovered in the totally. past 10 years because those things are Fluctuating, yeah. I know they're always changing. Yeah, like coconut oil, it's not good anymore. Like what? It was just the right. best thing ever. <laughs> Wait, that I didn't can you that hear that. Is that good now? Oh, apparently it's not. I, I don't. I mean, yeah, I don't use. A I ton think it's of amazing. It, yeah, still,
1: I still love it. Yeah, I don't live on it, but I do like it. But no, I think that's so true, and it really feeds in so greatly to what is happening even this week of just owning, having sovereignty over your own body. And medical Mm -hmm. freedom. And it is that of like knowing your body and learning those rhythms and coming back to nature. Right. Because the closer to nature we are, the better we are, like across the board. Right. So I really I love that piece of Ayurveda. Okay. I'm I'm getting back into it. Here we go. (laughs) Fall time.
0: It's always there for you. Thank you. Yeah. It's true. And I do know that. Um and it's not anything that has to be like, you know, extreme or time consuming. It's just
1: Yeah, it's simple. It's like little fixes, little tweaks. Yeah. And then you can go big if you want, but you can like slowly get into it. Right, right. So speaking of that, so if people, because I know like Ayurveda has become a lot more popular recently and that word is going around, but if people really want to dip their toe in a little bit more than just being, you know, doing a quiz on the internet, like how do you recommend people start their journey into Ayurveda? Uh,
0: Books are good. There's a really mm-hmm. beautiful book called Ayurvedic Lifestyle Wisdom okay. by Acharya Shunya and that that talks a lot about this self-care mm. aspect of Ayurveda. Ayurveda is big. It's far beyond self-care. I mean, it's a yeah. full medical system. Um I usually recommend people start there unless they're, you know, ready to go to a workshop or mm-hmm. something. I'm doing an online course right now. It's a 3-month mm. Uh, live online class where I'm teaching women about these practices and then having them implement the practices mm. little by little over mm-hmm. the you know over the course of three months and that's cool. I know there's other stuff like that out there too mm-hmm. if people are really ready to dive in because it is something that you ideally should learn from a teacher mm-hmm. like yoga. You mm-hmm. can't really learn yoga on your own. yeah. Not, you know, it's not really proper.
1: Well, it's nuanced too. It's right? so yeah. nuanced.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't recommend doing online quizzes. Yeah. They're not, they're not helpful mm-hmm. because they give us a incorrect perception of how our body is and what's going on in it. They just, mm-hmm. they don't work. Mm-hmm. So what happens is people take a quiz and then they think that they're avata or pitta or kapha and then they start following whatever recommendations are online for that dosha and that can be really harmful if you're following Mm -hmm. the wrong thing right which is very easy to do if Mm -hmm. you're basing this on a quiz it's so nuanced i mean Mm -hmm. it's so individualized the the overall self-care part of it is really universal so there's like the universal side of ayurveda and then the very individualized Side when someone is actually experiencing some kind of imbalance.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Cool. Yeah.
1: And I can also just book private sessions with you, right? Yeah. You do one-on-one Yeah, with I do.
0: That's most of what I do is one-on-ones mm-hmm. with clients. So um, in that, you know, it's totally individualized and we're looking at how their body is and what's out of balance now and then working with food, lifestyle... Herbs, yeah. pranayama, yoga to bring them into a better state of balance. So, in an ideal situation, somebody would go to an Ayurvedic practitioner mm-hmm. so that they can find out exactly what they need to do for their body. Right. That's the best, definitely the best way to do mm-hmm. it. Yeah.
1: Cause you can, you can do more harm than not if you just, Doing a very generalized.
0: It's like you wouldn't do acupuncture on yourself. Right. No, I would not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It
1: is so specific. I actually have that book, which is beautiful. Oh, you do. You're motivating me. I'm getting back on this horse. Because I was telling you, I've done not a lot of self-care and just not the time to cook for myself as much as I normally do. And just I feel I don't know, I feel like I had kind of enough in the bank to kind of get me through all this work and moving and transitions. But my nervous system is definitely needing a lot more support. So, mm. so you can do self really up good. younger, Yeah.
0: Yeah. And yeah. that happens. You know, we go through times where everything goes out the window and that's okay. That's, yeah. you know, that's yeah. life. And, and, you know, I've been actually fine with that. It's like, it, there's a season, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, this
1: is my really crazy busy season. But now it's nice just to even hear this to kind of jog my memory of like, a recommitment to my own Mm self-care. So
0: thank you. Yeah, my pleasure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then the postpartum, I think in some ways we work very similarly. You do the food, you drop, do you cook there?
0: I cook there. Mm -hmm. Do you? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. I don't know how It depends on the client. Yeah, Yeah. I usually do cook, but not every client. If they have a partner that's home or <clears throat> some of them do now the delivery systems and oh yeah. And then I'm just doing more of the healing work and mm, not the cooking. So beautiful. it just depends.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure you're such an amazing support for them to have.
1: I mean, I hope so. Yeah,
0: definitely. You've got all of your beautiful motherly wisdom and thanks. Yeah.
1: I mean, I love it. It's definitely as we were saying before, it's it's I think harder and deeper work. I don't wanna say harder because in the big scheme of things, it's so beautiful, but it's exhausting work. You know, it's very emotionally, there's a lot to hold emotionally for our clients and physically and carrying the massage tables up and back in the Abiyanga. Like it's, it is, you know, it's a lot of work, but it's such amazing work. I mean, nothing gives me more fulfillment. It's
0: very rewarding. It's so rewarding. Um, yeah, but it is It is quite challenging work for me. I mean, I do a lot of different things in my work and the postpartum is Definitely the hardest, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, also the most rewarding. Yeah. And it's so needed. So needed. It's so needed. And you know, the women who take that support, they really get such benefit from I it. Know. It's like, how can I not do this?
1: I know. <laughs> because you you know what it is. You know what yeah. for them. And our mutual friend Hadi Simran who I love, Aww. shout out to Hottie. Yay. Um, she I did hire her to do some of my food when I was postpartum with Goldie. Oh yeah. And um because I just wanted silence. I didn't really want people around. So she would just drop me food every couple of days. And then so nice. And then she would just rub my feet. Aww. And it was like, ugh, was, there's nothing better. And then Kate Danson did Abiyangas on me.
0: Aww. And
1: shout out to Kate. Yay, Kate. And, um, you know, both of... I mean, it's just priceless. It's literally priceless. Yeah. So I really hope any soon-to-be postpartum mama just realizes, like, that investment is just everything.
0: I have never heard anybody say like, I, you know, Mm-mm. I eh. regret spending that money, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and it, it's generally the best time in their life mm-hmm. too.
1: To slow down enough yeah. to really
0: receive. Uh-huh. In those six
1: weeks. And I, you know, when I work with my mamas, I do a lot of Reiki now mm-hmm. and the chakra balancing too. And then I do the Abhyanga and it's just, it's such a beautiful, just- um, kind of ceremony to slow down enough to receive. You know, that's something I always want to bring into the Reiki of like, whatever intention or affirmation you can give yourself to be open to receive the healing and whatever it looks like for you that day, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because so much of it is just... Slowing down to have that intention.
0: Right. You know? That's a hard part for for Most so people, many women, yeah. Yeah. To receive. It's huge. especially moms. I know. And, and, and moms like you already be have a so child.
1: Exhausted to be able to receive it, you know? And yeah. That's the
0: lesson. Yeah. And
1: then hopefully we go through motherhood allowing ourselves more of that. But
0: yeah. Yeah, it's deep. Yeah. Indeed. hmm But it's so, it's just such healing work, the postpartum. Ayurvedic postpartum system and that's been there for thousands of years you know it's nothing new was written about so long ago and and the concept of doulas too that was written about in these ancient Ayurvedic texts doulas should be these affectionate warm Mm. loving women like the the mother should have lots of those kinds of women around Mm. to help her through that period and and it's so fantastic that that's becoming um, a part of so many women's postpartum mm-hmm. care program now, you know, yeah. that there's that awareness around it and. So it's coming back.
1: Yeah. Just so, it just breaks my heart knowing that we lost that connection for so long, you know, how many generations, but yeah, we can heal it. You right.
0: Know? Right. And, and you know, those cycle. women also were okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they survived. They made it. They made it.
1: But. Not as gracefully as they could have. Yeah. Know, and fully. Sure. So that's beautiful. Now I want to go to India and do more postpartum training.
0: Yeah. It's a tricky thing to find training in India. I have mm. to say because it's, you know, in India, you're trained to be an Ayurvedic doctor and there's mm. nothing.
1: Kind of less than less that. Yeah. No.
0: So either you go for five years or. well, wow. Anything else is offered for Westerners in like short increments maybe a few weeks a Mm, few months mm -hmm. which can be great but I have known other women who wanted to learn more about that postpartum training and it's like it's not really there Mm, I don't mm -hmm. know why I think maybe it's so ingrained in the culture that it's not taught as a separate thing right in India when a woman has a baby generally speaking so many of these women they do receive abhyanga Every single day, Mm -hmm. you know, they have their mother-in-law or their mother or somebody who they've hired to come and give them a massage every day. They know what foods to eat. They have these special medicinal formulas that um, they're, you know, like mother's recipe kind of Mm -hmm. thing passed down that they know to have. So it's there. It's like woven into the culture.
1: That's amazing. Yeah.
0: There's so much we can learn from them.
1: I know. I just want to go to like An old Indian grandma's house and live for a little bit.
0: (laughs) I hope you do. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds amazing.
1: Um, And then, do you find yourself working with women in menopause through that
0: Mm. transition? I do, yeah, and I really enjoy that that part too. In you know, in an ideal situation, when the body's really healthy, a woman can go through menopause and not feel any
1: wow, no hot flashes, nothing,
0: nothing. There like should be nothing there. Wow, that's when the body's really balanced um that's not the case for most people mm. but i do really enjoy supporting women through that time and in in ayurveda the the treatments for any particular condition are almost all like the same you know mm. those women still need to do the same things go to bed on time wake up on time mm-hmm. eat good food at the right time mm-hmm. it all all that still applies so i'm not necessarily doing anything super different from somebody who's 30 and is having irregular menstrual cycles or some skin issue the herbs obviously differ but it's still all about our our diet and our lifestyle mm-hmm. and those are the things that will carry a woman through all parts of her right. reproductive life. life yeah and it all
1: you know i love the the thought too of it. It's all the same body, right? Because we, mm. we tend to cut it up in these little chunks, but it's all the continuum of your own body. So the more care you do the whole time, right. the better off you are.
0: Right. And that starts when you're really young. Yeah. Yeah, the more care you do, this is so important for teenage girls to mm-hmm. learn too, you know, how to support their cycle. And... So it's like know. a whole
1: next level thing I want to get into right. as my daughter grows. Because it, again, it's just another niche that needs to be filled. Like yes. so much support needed.
0: It's so needed. It's so needed. Uh, and when no, you know that, no. <laughs> don't feel
1: overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> my face. So many
0: things to do. I huh? know. I know. Um, yeah, when you learn that at a young age and then you're implementing it in your 20s and your 30s yeah. and you have regular menstrual cycles, then then you have easier pregnancy, then you have easier totally. menopause. Yeah, it's just...
1: That's actually an intention I've been really thinking of the past couple of days is doing after bath time because I have that little crock pot that I use for work for the oil oil, Mm -hmm. of just literally after bath, putting towels down, putting both kids down and then just doing warm oil on them. Like that should just be part of our every night practice. I really want to start doing that.
0: Is it realistic? I, mean, I think it could it, be yeah. if I just
1: line it up. I mean, it's not that hard.
0: Yeah, that would be great to do.
1: You know, it's just the intention to do it. But I think that'd be so amazing. i just like bath, warm oil, because
0: it takes like three minutes. It
1: doesn't yeah, have to it doesn't be a big take thing. Long.
0: Actually, it's better to do oil and then bath. Oh. Yeah. So you get a different effect when you do it that way. So you that oil them up in. and then also they're not going to be, you know, all oily.
1: Right. Yeah. I just have to watch them in the bathtub that they're not like...
0: Slipping around.
1: Oiled up pigs, you know, slipping all around.
0: Right, right. But yeah, okay. Yeah. But I'll that is great to that. do. It's very strengthening for their bones and their body tissues yeah. to do the oil massage. My daughter
1: has very... just skin stuff, like very oh. sensitive skin and oh, she yeah. can like get little things of eczema and she doesn't have like enough fat in the actual skin tissue to oh. like ward off things. It's not a big deal at all. Like you wouldn't ever see anything or notice it, but I think the oil could be very healing.
0: Yeah, definitely. Oil is such an amazing such
1: thing. an amazing
0: thing. We use it everywhere in Ayurveda. Yeah. In the nose, in the mouth, in the ears. It's amazing. In the bum. Yeah. <laughs> on the body. Like oil goes everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah.
1: There's something else i was just gonna ask that jogged my brain about the menopause. I'm still claiming postpartum brain. It may not be inaccurate, but it's been two years, but still.
0: I think that's still accurate. Okay. That's okay.
1: I'm going to keep claiming it
0: then. And busy mom.
1: Yeah. And working. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Where can people find you? Do you have any upcoming events you'd like to share? Like what's going on uh, in your world?
0: So upcoming events, I have a postpartum Ayurvedic cooking class, October 12th. And that's in Malibu. And that's for postpartum doulas. It's for expectant mothers. It's Mm. for friends of people who are having babies, whoever wants to come. Love that. And then I have two retreats coming up next year. One in Bali, one in Spain. Mm. And that is with a a colleague and friend of mine, Celeste Young. She's a meditation teacher. So we bring meditation and Ayurveda Mm. together for like a full inner to outer layer mm, wow. self-care experience and otherwise I'm you know I'm always here in LA doing consults I have my practice in Malibu and my website is trueayurveda.com and then I put pretty much everything on Instagram too at Julie Bernier
1: Great.
0: and yeah all of my offerings are there the consultations panchakarma bodywork therapies um pregnancy preparation postpartum Mm. care I love that the the prep yeah very powerful very much recommended if someone Mm -hmm. is you know willing to kind of make that effort to get Mm -hmm. the body ready there's no reason not to yeah yeah,
1: amazing! Yeah. Thank you so
0: much. Thank you so being much here for having and me and sharing all
1: of your gifts. You really are thank an amazing you. practitioner and oh, healer you. and woman. And I'm grateful to know you.
0: Thank you. I'm grateful to know you too. Thank you, thank you, McLean. Jema. Jema. Jema.